This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. 9 o'clock, Sam Mott's going to join us on the show. 9.40. You want to do Coming In Hot? Yeah, I'd love to. You want to do it with me? Yeah, it'd be great. Once you step through that door, there's no stepping Uh, back. We did it once together. Okay. We did it once together. It was great. I did nothing and sat there and laughed as people just made jokes the entire time. It was fun. I don't know how it'll go today. But I will, I'll throw out the same warning I did last week, and I'll continue to do it. If we got to dump it and we can't take any more calls, I'm going to ask one of the most diabolical questions you're ever going to hear during the offseason. And think about the territory that takes in with what you've heard over the last couple of days. Apparently, when I wasn't even here, everybody just bringing up God knows what with God knows who. Oh, that's why we'll have Sam Munson on at 9 o'clock. Yeah. You can, you can defend some of those terms. Apparently not a big fan of... Uh, What's going on at the quarterback position? No, he was very... I didn't, see, I, I didn't I, hear it. I hope he keeps that same energy. I know sometimes it's tough. People come on Cleveland Radio and they kind of change their tune a little bit, but Sam's been doing this a very long time. I hope he keeps that same energy because I'd well, love to know where he gets his, his, his logic from. There's been times where we, I remember we brought him on with Baker, and that's something I'm going to have to go back on. Or not go back on it, but I'm going to have to touch up on it again because people heard my comparison between the two quarterbacks. Uh, but I remember when he was on with us talking about Baker, and he said, guys, these are terminal. Terminal terminal mistakes that he's got to fix, and he doesn't know if they can fix them. So I mean, he yeah, was he, he was, was willing to not pull punches with Baker. Straight up calling Deshaun Watson bad. He was like, he was like he was, see he's, now I want to hear that. I want to hear why. Straight I didn't up hear calling that. him bad. Yeah, I did not hear him talk about that. how hard it is to win when you have a quarterback costing that much. That is in his mind considered straight up bad. Well, we'll talk to Sam about that coming up at nine o'clock. Let's bring in the dangerous one, Daryl Ryder. He's brought to you by Scheiben Jewelers, Cleveland's premier jewelry store. Hello, Daryl. Hey, Daryl. It's wonderful to hear you, buddy. Uh, first off, what is it? It is. It's getting crazy out there. What's this? I was out. I was. I thought it was a fever dream. I <laughs> talked to Andy about it on what would have been Wednesday. The aggregators are picking up over over Nick Chubb. I'm like, it doesn't make any damn sense. There, there. It's silly season. There's a lot of really stupid conversation going on when it comes to the Browns right now, and I don't get it. I, I really don't. Um, Nick Chubb's going to be a Brown this year. Um, I, I'm I'm convinced of that. Uh, they'll they'll work to figure this thing out. Yes, there is a 12 million dollar cap savings to be had if they just flat out cut him. I don't think that's going to happen. I think that they're going to restructure him, maybe give him uh, another year. Because remember, Chubb is not going to be ready for Week One. He won't be ready until uh, I I'm guessing it possibly the the second quarter of the season. So. Um, you know, you, you maybe give him an extra year of security, um, and then you give him an opportunity to still make what you were going to pay him uh, anyway, while also at the same time lowering your, your 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 salary cap hit for the year. But yeah, I, I, 
I would be surprised um, if Nick Chubb is not a Cleveland Brown this year. You said the second quarter of the season? Yeah, he's not going to be ready week one, so probably I would probably say anywhere from weeks two, three, October? four, five. Yeah, I mean. I thought yeah. October might be a reasonable. Yeah, once we get to the spring and the offseason program, I think that that picture. Oh, yeah, when you said second quarter, I then thought, I thought games five through eight. I was like, okay, that's, I mean, that's, that's, and you might be right. I just, I, I didn't think about it. I didn't think about him missing the first four weeks. Well, yeah, I think that's reasonable, though. No, I, it, it is. I just, oh, okay. I just, it just hadn't crossed my mind then. So now the renegotiation on going from twelve million to maybe six million is something that probably Nick Chubb would likely consider then, Daryl. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know where his head is at, and, it, and obviously it takes two to tango uh, with with his agent. But yeah, I, 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 I'm not at all as concerned about the Nick Chubb situation as the aggregators seem to be. So, you know, but Hey, everyone's got to get their clicks and views and listens and all that kind of stuff. So I get it. Well, Nick Chubb does move the needle. I mean, he's a very popular running back. So let's be honest about that. Plus, I mean, he's a guy that a lot of people tend to center on when it comes to the, the payment of quarterbacks or excuse me, payment of running backs and things of that nature. My, My issue was not, not even an issue, but I said for either side, it doesn't help out the Browns because then you would no longer have the running back. You would risk not having the running back. And for for Nick, okay, well, no one else is going to offer you as much as probably the Browns are going to offer you, so let's work something out here. So that's why, to me, it's just a non-starter. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I'm anticipating he's going to be – to me, the biggest question is, when is he going to be available to play a football game for the Browns again? We We are getting ready for free agency, and after that we'll get ready for the draft and the whatnot. Uh, do you, which side, because we're losing a few more players than I think people realize on defense here, which side do you think needs to be addressed more, offense or defense? I, I mean, obviously the, the defensive front, uh, you know, your, your biggest free agent in my view is Adarius Smith. Um, you know, that's, that, that's a guy that uh, I'd like to see the Browns bring back, but you know, um, there's also the thought that maybe the Browns have, uh, options internally to uh you know fill that spot um you've got a young guy Alex Wright who they've been bringing along um the last couple of years remember they signed Obo Okoronkwo who was originally going to be the other starting defensive end opposite Miles Garrett that was until the opportunity to trade for Zadarius Smith uh came along so there are uh you know there are some uh I don't want to say holes, but there are positions that Andrew Barry, and this is no different than any other year, uh, that that the Barry's going to uh, have to address. Uh, you know, Jordan Elliott is going to be an unrestricted free agent. Shelby Harris, who they brought in uh, late in the process last off season, uh, he's going to be an unrestricted free agent as well. Uh, Mo Hurst, another defensive tackle, uh, is on that list. Uh, Anthony Walker at linebacker, Jacob Phillips at linebacker, uh, Jordan Kunashik, uh, their their uh, special teamer. Um, uh, you know, so there there are uh, you know a, a lot of guys, and this is something we've seen with Barry uh, as a GM, where he signs a lot of these uh, short contracts with free agents, uh, a lot of one year deals, and and you know going year to year, uh, obviously. Anthony Walker is kind of the poster child of that. He signed uh, one-year deals with the Browns the last uh, couple of go-rounds here. So uh, there are decisions to be made before uh, the new league year kicks in. 
me ask you. I'm not going to ask you about David and Joku in, in regards to any of the conversation with PFF or anything like that. Uh, but I did have a, a discussion yesterday, based off of David and Joku's comments on Joe Flacco, where he mentioned how the 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 basically it just they they had an easy connection, and you saw it, Daryl. Three out of the final four games, uh-huh. he he had a, a bunch of yards receiving. Hell, in the in the one Bears game, he had as, as many touchdowns in that game as he did the entire season leading up to that game, right? Like he was he was very good with Flacco. Can he be as A lot good? of guys were really good with Flacco. Uh, yeah, 100% agree. <laughs> like, Njoku wasn't the only one. No, for sure. But in the context of Njoku, do you feel like he can copy and paste that with Watson? Or do you feel like that was something that was unique that he and, and Joe Flacco had? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it could be replicated. He's just got to get the opportunities. Um, that's, I think, what it comes down to. Just comes down to opportunity, but yeah, he can replicate it absolutely. He was the second. What he he was the second option with Deshaun still, wasn't he? Or am I not remembering this correctly? Um, was it Elijah Moore? Yeah, I I think like Elijah Moore was like a gadget guy. I don't even know if Elijah Moore was a, a second option. They just tried to do so much stuff with Elijah that and and none of it really worked, other than having him run some routes. Um, and that now was really disappointing. Um, but yeah, I, I, the offense looked completely different with, um, Joe Flacco, the, at least from avert, uh, completing passes, uh, down the field, uh, plus 20 yards. I, I, I forget the numbers, but like, it, it's like a two to one ratio, <laughs> uh, in, in the you know, five starts for Flacco. Uh, in the regular season versus the five or six starts that Watson had. Um, but, you know, as we have with Deshaun, there's always caveats to everything, right? And he was banged up last year and, uh, you know, playing with the the shoulder injury. So I'm sure that that had some sort of limitation. But um, to me, everything starts with Deshaun. Uh, this offseason and him getting that shoulder as healthy as it possibly can get. And then he's got to obviously he's got to go out there and perform at the level that we have been waiting and expecting him uh, to perform at. We've seen glimpses of it, but there hasn't been any level of consistency in his play. And that's, you know, that's something that just quite frankly needs to change. Um, the Browns are very confident that Deshaun's going to return to uh, that form, I don't know. I, I guess they have to be that confident that he's going to do that. But the guy hasn't played a full football season since 2020, so I'm not. I don't share their confidence uh, because I'm just realistic about the situation. And I know a lot of people will take that as I'm dumping on Deshaun or I'm hating on Deshaun. But I, I just think you know, just like with Nick Chubb, like I have reasonable expectation for guys, and I, I don't know that it's reasonable that I'm going to expect. Uh, you know, Deshaun Watson to play all 17 games this year and throw for 4,500 yards um, because I just – I haven't seen it yet. So, um, you know, I, I think it's more about Deshaun than it is about David Njoku. David Njoku is a really, really good player. Um, and his development under Stefanski um, – I mean, he's the poster child of buying into Kevin Stefanski, right? Um because we all remember that first year when Stefanski got here, that was not a great relationship between those two men. And 
credit both of them for working together. And now it is a great relationship. Are you feeling as good as Peter King is about a game in Brazil for the Cleveland Browns? Yeah, get your passport ready, Ken. No! <laughs> On a Friday night? Yeah. Yeah. I, I Look, um, when you look at Philadelphia's opponents, um, and we had Peter King on uh, the afternoon show earlier this week, and he did a really great job of just laying out the math. And just by the process of elimination, the Browns are the last team standing that makes perfect sense uh, to, to, to play down there. So, yeah, I, I, have a, I have a pretty good feeling, just my gut telling me that, yeah, it, it's going to be uh, the Browns, not just in Brazil, but they're going to open the season with two straight road games. Daryl, let me ask you. I, I saw you yesterday. You, you talked to the afternoon show, and you, you'd mentioned how you think Dorian Thompson-Robinson could be the backup for the Browns. I'm reading Aaron Schatz this morning on ESPN, and he's saying the, the Browns need to bring in competition for Deshaun Watson. He's saying use a second- or third-round pick on a young, quarterback's, a young quarterback and let that player compete with Deshaun in camp, or you can bring back one of the veteran quarterbacks they've already had success with. Uh, what are you thinking in regards to the backup quarterback spot and how likely that is an option for the Browns, someone that isn't DTR? Aaron Schatz used the term competition. That's what he said. Okay, that's Can I just take a hammer to my realistic. skull at this point? Hey, well, Daryl. Well, I, I mean, mean <laughs> yesterday Whoa! I got... Daryl! I, I mean, yesterday I got asked about the Browns trading for Justin Fields. Look, you got $46 million a year wrapped up in Deshaun Watson. There's no way in hell the Browns are bringing in competition to compete for that starting job. That is the dumbest take. That's that's as dumb as uh, Mike Tannenbaum saying, oh, yeah, the Browns should take a $200 million salary cap hit hey. and trade Deshaun Watson. Mr. T's offseason. just trying to get through the show. That's all he's doing, Daryl. Clearly. You, you think, a, you think a former GM fired twice would know how the salary, salary cap works. It's I mean, there's former just GM some, fired like twice, said, though. There's some really stupid Browns takes out there, all in the name of clicks and listens and that, like, come on. What are we doing? <laughs> Poor Aaron Schatz. Knock it off. He just got lit. I got nothing against that guy. There's no such thing as competition. That's what he said. There's no They're such thing as competition. competition for a no. guy you gave $230 million fully guaranteed. And a lot of people are going to disagree with that, but it's just the, it's just the fact of the matter. There's it's no competition. The you're trying to get Deshaun right. All that's going to do is create problems for Deshaun. Like, you're, you're, you're trying to get this guy physically, emotionally mentally, whatever. Uh, you're trying to get this guy back on track. I, I just, like I said, there's a lot of really stupid takes out there. And between Tannenbaum and that nonsense, my goodness gracious, what are we doing Darryl, besides filling time? Daryl, your connection might Darryl, be a I little... Think you're, are you hitting the mic? Did you hit the no. mic, But There he is. Okay. Okay, sorry there, Daryl. We heard what Things you said. Happened. We did hear what oh, you said. Okay. It just became, it just got low. That I was really good stuff. I think it's my headphones. I'm like, no, it was, no, well, sometimes okay. it is. It's it was somehow our connection. That's um, how passionate Daryl is about not taking a hammer to the head. Daryl, let me <laughs> ask you another one here. Speaking of quarterbacks and helping them out, did you hear Johnny's comments? Oh, I did. All right, what'd you think of those comments? What he said about Brian Hoyer? Yeah, I, well, I well, he Johnny has always lacked self awareness, right? And he lacks self-awareness there. You, you, you can't do the mea culpa, I screwed up, I blew the opportunity, yada, 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 and then complain because Brian Hoyer saw you for who you were. Like, if you're coming in on a daily basis completely unprepared 
for work, and I am really cleaning this up here. Um, what did you expect? Yeah, you're not going to be treated with kid gloves by people, and especially by someone whose job the, the guy selling the tickets in the front office wants to hand to you for no good reason. And, oh, by the way, which actually happened. It got handed to Johnny. So um, that that was the one part of the interview that I really did not like. Um, but the rest of the stuff, yeah, it, it, it sounded good. It was nice to hear him take some uh, accountability. I, I just don't know how genuine uh, Johnny uh, is in that. Uh, I found the LeBron story uh, a little fascinating. But, yeah, I mean, the guy blew a golden opportunity here, but him – taking shots at Brian Hoyer for being mean to him because he's the guy that didn't show up to the facility ready to work every day. I, I'm just, I'm really not interested in that end of the conversation because again, Johnny's got to have some self-awareness there and realize, yeah, I, I was, I was the guy screwing up every day. And I, I totally get why that guy didn't want to spend a lot of time or invest a lot of time in, in helping me out because I really didn't give him a reason to. There is a secret of the pros you have about rotisserie chicken. Is this? We had a conversation earlier because he said he would. Jonathan said he has to spend like eight ninety nine for a rotisserie eight, chicken. Eight, not eight ninety nine. Oh, it's seven ninety nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's seven ninety nine. Expensive though. And I said oh. if you're paying eight bucks for a rotisserie chicken, you're gonna have to show me pictures of how the five. chicken was raised. It used to raised. be five. You, you go uh, later in the evening when uh, they're discounted. How much are they discounted by? Usually fifty percent. 50%, 50% off rotisserie I a, chicken. I can get a $2.50 rotisserie chicken. And, and, I, and I'm like... That's eating good in the neighborhood. <laughs> I, I'm like fed for three days. It's fantastic. I do that with cookies too, Ken. I, I, see, I didn't know about the cookies. Cookies too. Oh, mm, yeah. I know donuts How later in the day. How late in the evening are you going? I do want to eat it at some point when it's like normal to eat food. Well, Daryl keeps late hours. around, uh, you know, between 8 and 9 o'clock. Yeah, Daryl has like Winston Churchill dinners late. <laughs> You wake up with whiskey in the morning, too? I I never heard that. He fights them on the beaches. He fights them. Yeah, that's what Daryl does, man. Daryl, well, thank you very much for the hack. And uh, enjoy the rest of your weekend, bro. Or your week. Are you on this afternoon? Yeah, I'll be in with Nick today. And I'm sure I'll have much more to say about the stupidity that's hitting airwaves when it comes to the Cleveland Browns these days. Set the whole place on fire. We love it. Daryl, thank you for the time. Thank you, You bet, guys. Have a great weekend. Daryl Ryder, brought to you by Scheibin Jewelers, Cleveland's premier jewelry store. Sam Monson at nine. I got to get Jonathan Peterlin in his thought, the comparison between the Eastern Conference and the NFC coming up next. And it's silly season. Send in the clowns. Did you ever see Billy Madison? Yeah, of course. And when Principal Anderson reads that thing, if I was him, I'd want my fat ass in oncoming traffic. Yeah. And you see O'Doyle sitting behind Billy and he's got... This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Like his hand over his mouth and he's laughing. That's, a, that's what it reminded me of myself when Daryl was on that rant. I just take a hammer to my Realistic. skull at this point. The whole the stupid thing and stuff like that. Now we have the pleasure of staring at that fat tub of lard all day. Um, that's what that reminded me of. You loved it. It was amazing. No, you didn't love it. You loved I it. I did love it. And uh, I enjoyed I mean, I enjoyed it because it's, I mean, it's true. And I, I kind of, on Tuesday, I, I kind of closed the door on it. I know it's going to get brought up more and more. And I know it's going to get brought up a ton is the conversation about competition for Deshaun Watson. There's no, guys, there's no competition coming for Deshaun but Watson. Isn't that one of the easiest targets by national media, yeah. people outside of Cleveland? It's one of the easiest NFL well, subject targets of the offseason. Well, it does make sense from an, an outside perspective, does it not? It makes sense it, from an inside it perspective. It makes sense from a guy who lives in Parma. Yeah. But I but I sit there and I say, it doesn't... As long it, as you never look at the money. It's If you were to look at the money, you would say, obviously, you would have a competition at the position. But when you look at the money, you go, no, there's not a chance in hell you would have a competition at the position. I mean, this is what it is. And some people got, I, I couldn't believe it. Some people went the other way uh, when I said on Tuesday, and I'll say it right now, like, we, we are not through the woods here. And I said, you basically have traded Baker Mayfield for Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Whereas I think right now, I think Deshaun Watson's ceiling is second round of the playoffs. And that's why you need to go out and get another wide receiver, or you need to go out and get more help on defense because you have a lot of contracts that helped out on defense coming off the books, and you're going to have to either bring some of these guys back, most of these guys back, all these guys back, or go find other guys, and you're probably going to have to do a mix of all that, and that's going to have to help out. You have to do everything you can to help out Deshaun Watson, and I told you on Tuesday, I don't care what people said to me two years ago about, well, this guy's going to make everybody better. We're not in that land anymore. Now, if he proves during the season that he can be that way, like Baker has every opportunity to prove during the season he can be that way, then we'll, then we'll talk. Yeah. But as of right now, I have a quarterback that I need to surround with talent, and before, I had a quarterback that I needed to surround with talent. I think there's another element here, though, and it, I, I don't know why we just, as a collective, to feel like we don't need to ever address it, but it, Deshaun's injuries. Deshaun's injuries means you have to have a backup plan. Because of last year, you have to have a backup plan. Unless you unless you want to say you think another Joe Flacco exists out there and we can just get somebody off their couch on week 11 and go from there. I just I think that was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for the Browns that worked out the way that it did. That was not a plan. That was just that you got lucky. That wasn't a plan. I would say, yeah. I, I mean, there's no I would say. I just agree with you on that. I, I was a little bit surprised. This is a bigger conversation but I was a little bit surprised when I was talking about Joe Flacco and how it's like, guys, we just need to give that up. That That's just not going to happen. And there were a lot of folks saying that they weren't comfy with DTR. I'm not, I'm one of those people. I'm not comfy with DTR as the backup. Really? And that, and that's the worry I have. Like when I heard Daryl say that yesterday, that DTR would be the backup quarterback, my thought was you can't enter the season with DTR as the backup and thinking that if anything happens to Deshaun Watson, that's the road that you're going to go down. 
I, I'm sorry, DTR was a he was great in the preseason. We watched him get in the regular season to the point where it went so bad that you had to go out and get Joe Flacco. How do you then run that back? And I understand who you are year one is not the same person you're going to be year two, year three, year four. You got to give people a chance to grow and get better. But the base point and where this team needs to be, I feel like it expects more than what DTR is able to deliver. Well, first off, well, let's see. When he went in the Pittsburgh game, they had him in the Pittsburgh game. He didn't do too terribly. He wasn't outstanding, but he didn't do too terribly bad in the Pittsburgh game. The Denver game, they had got Joe Flacco by that time. I was more focused on the P.J. Walker factor of it than anything else. Well, P.J. Walker was, hey, he's Leroy Jenkins. He just he well, just did whatever the hell he I, wanted. But I think P.J. Walker was just going to, I mean, they had to look at it and go, we'll, we're winning this football game. We just beat Pittsburgh. If Dorian Thompson Robinson doesn't get hurt, I don't know if you, I don't know if there's a time you see I mean, you Joe beat, Flacco. You beat Pittsburgh, but he completed 55% of his passes. I didn't say he was great. I threw just an didn't interception, think was, didn't have a touchdown. Like he, well, he wasn't good. Did we? Uh, I don't think he was horrific. I didn't say he was outstanding. Right. I mean, we can we can mince words all we want. I just didn't think he was horrific. I don't think he was the reason they went out and got Joe Flacco. I think they got Joe Flacco because they knew that if he got hurt, and he has a style that obviously can get him hurt, and he did get hurt, damn it, in the, uh, in the Broncos game. You have a guy who ends up getting hurt, and then he was out for the rest of the season later on in the season after Houston. You have a guy who has to have a backup, and P.J. Walker was not the backup. Oh, Joe that, Flacco I, was out there. And, uh, he was on the market. It was a guy that, Desha- that not Deshaun, but Kevin Stefanski could work with, and they went on, they got him, and he ended up being a lot better than they thought he was going to be. I mean, you said it yourself. It was luck. Yeah, it was, and I, I, think, I think maybe we look at it different ways. I, I didn't look at them getting at Joe Flacco because of... Well, uh, we'd clearly look at it different ways. Yeah, I mean, I, I I thought that was a direct reflection of what they thought about Dor- uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson. No, I thought point. that was more of a reflection of, this is a guy that's on the on the street. We need anybody right now. We cannot go back out there with P.J. Walker because I need somebody who can at least check down and do something different. Well, DTR does not have a lot of experience there. So I got to get somebody who I know that can work within the realm of the offense, and Kevin Stefanski knew that he could work within the realm of the offense. I, I think that he was supposed to be an emergency valve, then you have DTR go down, and then you have to put him in there. I don't think that they were expecting him to play the way he it played. Was, it was a lot to ask of a quarterback that is a rookie. I'm not. I'm not debating that. No, no part of me is debating that. It okay. was a lot to ask of him. I, but I'm not going to ask of. I'm not going to ask him of that moving forward either. You know, I I think last year they thought if if Deshaun gets injured, we're screwed anyway. And then Deshaun got injured the way that he did, and it was so early that you couldn't just wave the white flag. And there is so much talent in this team. You had to try to piece something together. We did. We got lucky in a lot of ways. And a seven, now that the game, for whatever reason, that extra game means so much more. That extra week means so much more. Maybe I shouldn't look at it as a game. Maybe I should look at it as a week. That extra week of football. Playing 17, not 16. Playing 17 games and not 16 games. It seems to make all the difference in how these, and I know it's a different position. It's played by different style of athletes now. But to say that, well, if Deshaun goes down, then we have no chance. Boy, that's a really irresponsible thing if they were to say it. And listen. Because how many guys went down this year? No, 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 no. But that's, there was a million guys that went went down. But go look at the people that won their division this year. I've done this earlier, so I'm not just going to do this and then be like, oh, it, it went horribly. Bills won the AFC East. Josh Allen was healthy the entire year. Yeah. Baltimore won the AFC North. Lamar Jackson was healthy the entire year. Yeah. Kansas City won the West. Patrick Mahomes was healthy the entire year. Okay. Houston is the only exception here, but it, you know CJ missed two games. Yeah, it wasn't the whole year. He missed two games. They okay. won the AFC South. 
NFC East was Dallas. Dak was healthy the entire year, finished second in the MVP. South was Tampa Bay, where Baker was healthy the entire year. Detroit was in the North. Jared Goff was healthy the entire year. But, and in the West, San Francisco, Brock Purdy was healthy the entire year. But like, that doesn't excuse them from just, if, the, if what you're saying is true, that doesn't excuse them from just throwing up their hands and going, well, I mean, we're screwed anyway. No, it doesn't. But it, it, there was a clear line of, if you're going to win the division, that doesn't mean enter the playoffs, but if you're going to win the division, you had to have your quarterback be healthy for the entire year. Yeah. And I wonder if they took that approach entering that se- this season, and now they're looking around and saying, maybe we can't live with that same ideology. Because Joe Flacco did come in, no. and because you were able to have some success, maybe you don't have to just wave the white flag. Maybe you can make the postseason no, because it, it, and try to do something they, they with it. Cannot, they cannot think that superficially. They cannot do that. They have other veterans on this team that it's supposed to matter to. Right. They have other guys that are so, that they went out and they signed or they drafted that it's supposed to matter to. They had guys who they signed that made some of their draft picks so look better. See Jordan Elliott. Wouldn't like, you think you need to owe those guys more than just DTR as your backup? Possibly. If there's something better out there than DTR, then fine, we'll talk I think about you, it. I think you do. But I think it starts right now with DTR going forward. But I don't, th- I don't look at DTR as a kind of, well, this is – this is it, and that's all there is to it. But especially because a lot of people, after they saw Josh Dobbs and DTR in the in the Hall of Fame game, they were willing to make do with it. So we can't be, we can't just do revisionist history on this. At least I, I can't do well, that. Well, I've been consistent the entire time. I don't, I don't care about preseason results. I don't care about the Hall of Fame game. I don't. It's not about winning. It's about how they look. No, I mean, I, and yes, there were a lot I, of people who just felt that you, Josh Dobbs didn't have anything that DTR had. Now during the season, you beat that up on a lot of guys that aren't playing on down. Sunday. Obviously, yes, you know. but I'm going back to what fans were saying at that time. Right, but I can't be held to that. That's, that's not different. holding you to that. You know. But it, it, the overall sentiment that they, if they were to say, "Well, if we don't have Deshaun Watson, we're screwed anyway," yeah, you very, very well could be. But that doesn't mean you can raise the white flag, especially with what's going on. You have to still try to make the playoffs. Of course not. Guys, but, job but starting with DTR as the backup next year, it's not waving the white flag, but it's as close to it as you can get. But I have to find where I don't think that. First off, I don't think that that's necessarily true. Second of all, if you find me a better option. That you could bring back. That's realistic because you can't bring back Joe Flacco for all the all the reasons that we've already spelled out. Then if you find me a more realistic option there, then I'll consider it. Is obviously. drafting a quarterback in the second or third round is that off the table for you? I mean, I gotta figure think, out who I the hell that need, is. I'm gonna. I can have I think six you need guys. a wide receiver. I think you need some other pieces here. Yeah, I have, so it might be off the table for me, but I think it's something that I think we need to be having some conversations I, about at least. I, I'm not that excited about the draft class as it is, and you could have six guys go off the top of the board right there. The, not the top of the board. You could have up to six guys go in the first so round as it is. Always get the Sunday scaries. So what am I gonna draft. get in the third? They, what am I gonna get in the third round? Well, again, you, there's always a quarterback or two that falls. We know that. You, I yes, mean, but there, am I gonna a, sell myself on that there's guy? There's a chance six quarterbacks go in the first round. So like, that'd be the first time in NFL history we have six quarterbacks go in the first. But round. what I'm looking at here is like Dorian Thompson what do we Robinson, take, pick 55, I think somewhere around there. Dorian Thompson Robinson, 54, 55. Dorian Thompson Robinson's a fifth round QB last year in last year's draft, right? Yeah, yeah, you can't do that again. But if I take a guy in the third round because I had six guys go in the first round, that might mean that in any other draft, that guy's a fifth round pick. And then I'm, where am I, what am I doing? I'm, I'm, I'm just really taking two fifth round talents and putting it behind my franchise quarterback. If what you're saying is true. Now, I liked a little bit of what I saw out of Dorian Thompson Robinson, but obviously I'm willing to shop around. If there's a better out, and I appreciate a better quarterback, that. I, I like that you're willing to, to shop yeah. around because I think that's the, that's the open mindedness. I feel like we just need to enter this way. I'll meet you halfway. Yeah, yeah, that's all. Just just have an open mind about it. I'm a stubborn man, but I, I'm no, not I appreciate I appreciate that you're willing to do that because I just I feel like a lot of fans aren't. I feel like a lot of fans are just they're like, all right, DTR's our guy. Let's move forward and let's make that the the consideration. And I just I I, I either either see a ton out of DTR that I haven't seen yet, or I need something else. Cavs are second in the East. What does that have to do with the NFC? 
Well, Peter Leno explain it to you next on The Fan, as well as Sam Monson at 9. Sam Monson at like 15 minutes. Peter Leno, lay it on me. Cavs are second in the East. What were you going to say compare him to the NFC in football? I think it's a good thing. If you look at it like the NFC in football, I think it's a good thing for the Cavs. NFC in football had one true team at the top, and that was the 49ers. They watched everyone else around them implode. Eagles imploded. Lions made a bigger push than maybe you maybe you would have suspected. But they, they watched the Cowboys imploded around them. It was a lot of teams that were supposed to be really good that kind of fell short. But everyone knew that AFC was the actual conference of dominance and where all the really good quarterbacks and the really good teams live in. Right now, I feel like the West and the NBA, Nuggets, Clippers, Mavs, Suns, those are your title contenders. And then you got the Celtics hanging in there, right? Feel like that's a good thing for the Cavs in trying to make an Eastern Conference Finals bid. Because you can be that Detroit Lions. You can kind of sneak in there, maybe a year ahead of schedule, and then you find your way into the Conference Finals because the the quality of teams at the top of the East right now aren't anywhere close to the quality of teams in the West, and there's some room there. Because of the unbeat injury, because of the Bucks imploding the way that they are, there's some room, Ken, and I like it. I don't hate it. I don't hate that. It makes me feel better about Donovan's future. I don't hate that at all. Hmm. I like that. I wish there was a fight there. I don't have one for you. I just think the West has changed up the landscape a little bit. They just they look very solid, and there's just so many good, what you believe to be title contender teams. Again, Nuggets, Clippers, Mavs, Suns. Like those are Every one of those teams that I named, you think to yourself, oh, yeah, they could win an NBA title. How many teams in the East right now do you look at and say to yourself, yeah, they, they could legitimately win an NBA title? It's not many. Not as many as we thought maybe Celtics. maybe a couple months ago. The Celtics are obviously there at the front. That's why they're the 49ers in this instance. I'm looking at the I'm looking at the Bucks kind of like I'm looking at the Cowboys. Bucks are like the Eagles. That's fair Did too. Did you just say that or okay, cuz now I'm just thinking it was like that. either or. You could throw Cowboys or Eagles into play there well, cuz I'm going is... to cross between the oh, okay. 76ers and the Bucks and do the, the whole same whole same thing anyway. Well, at least the Cowboys went in with some seem like some well, I don't know. No one's ever excited about the Cowboys other than Cowboys fans, so I can't use them. Uh yeah, I just, I look at them like, man, the Bucks are going to be tough and they're going to be a contender and then they're getting Adrian Griffin fired and they got their guy in Doc and that's been off to a slow start. It looks like, you know, it looks like guys don't even care. And I think Dame's kind of languishing there all of a sudden. And it just feels, boy, it feels very Eagles if we're going to make that comparison. Does that make any sense to you guys? It makes sense to me. Yeah, okay. I just put the Sixers as the Eagles that way. That but you comparing the Cavs the to the Lions, I, I like that. I think the Cavs are the Lions in this scenario. I and agree I think with you, can, that. you can find a way to get them in the NFC title game or the Eastern Conference Finals where you, you wake up and you're like, oh, oh, yeah, they are there. Maybe, maybe they got there a year ahead of schedule, but and maybe they're there. Hopefully the coach doesn't blow it for them. 19 point lead blowing that would be uh that would that's that was a tough one that Campbell's got to overcome. Yeah, it sucks to be him. Yeah. Well, it doesn't suck completely. But that's not that's not great. He's still a fine coach. Yeah, he's fine. He didn't he didn't take any steps backward as far as his perception Well, I tell you, I'd be very excited too because again, if you get to the Eastern like if you got to the finals. My threshold for him is the second round. Mm-hmm. That's my that's my threshold. Now, I don't know if the second round is go, like if you if you win the first round of the playoffs and then you get bounced in the second round, I can, I just can't guarantee I shove a pen into Donovan's hand and he signs an extension. Now I think it's the best business for him anyway. Sign your extension and then if you're if you're still a really good player and you probably will be and things don't work out, well you sign your extension. You could try to win. Sign your extension and if you don't win, you can still get traded and you can still make all the money you possibly can. So I I still think it's good business because right now I don't think that I don't, the Nets just see. Maybe you think I'm different. Maybe you think I'm wrong. The Nets just seem to be a team that exists in New York. Like, they're just in New York to be in New York. 
I agree with that. Like the Clippers, Steve Ballmer's doing They're everything very he can. Team, yes, sure. like Steve Ballmer does everything he can to make the Clippers something kind of, sort of special, including the new arena, like making their own thing. But for a long time, the Clippers just existed and they were in L.A. and that's it. I feel the Nets are the same way. I think they were more special when they played in the same building as the as the Devils did. So that doesn't bring you any excitement. The Knicks are not in a position right now where I would say that that's the smartest move in the world, but I guess they could debate it with me. You and I talked about the whole LeBron thing. Well, that's for another day. But it'd be the best thing for Cavs fans because it's like, all right, it's if they made it to the NBA Finals, it's just common sense you stay. It's just common sense you sign. It's just common sense. Yeah, you're not leaving off of a team that has that much yeah. success. You can't be mad if you go to the NBA Finals. It'd be a nice run. I don't think you can be mad if you go to the Eastern Conference Finals. No, 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 no. But if you go to the if you go if you go to the Eastern Conference Finals and say you just get decimated by the by the Celtics or something like that, then somebody you could try to give me an argument. But you go to the you go to the NBA Finals. There's no argument. I think. I mean, Donovan's never made it out of the second round, and it would be exciting to see him in the NBA Finals. There'd be no argument. You know, honestly, that's part of the reason why you, we talked earlier, uh, and I was we kind of. You know, I made some reckless and, speculation, and we did some things around that uh, based off the idea that he doesn't want to be playing the back-to-backs right now. Yeah. And he doesn't want to be going as hard. I disagree. Last, last year, remember last year, right before the playoffs got underway, he said he was doing his same conditioning, the same thing that he always does. He played 40 minutes a game for four straight games. You can look it up. 40, 40 minutes a game, four straight games, and he scored 40-plus points. It was insane. He basically, he just dragged himself every single night. I wonder if the second half of the season, even though it's not really the second half of the season, but the second half of the season, I wonder if he takes it easier because he looks at the past six years of results and says, Possibly. I've gotten to the postseason. I can't make it out of the second round because I'm going so hard in the paint every night that I need to treat my body differently. I need to do this differently. Possibly. And maybe I'll get different results. Possibly. I also just thought about this. If you got to the NBA Finals, then someone else is going to have to step up too. So that would mean that Garland would have to step up. Yes. That would mean that Mobley would have to take a big step because I can't – you can do a lot of things fraudulent. You can make the playoffs as a fraudulent NBA team. You can't get to the you, I, you can't get to the Eastern Conference Finals as a fraud, and you damn sure can't get to the NBA Finals as a fraud. I don't believe that's possible. So Evan Mobley will have had to step up and play to a, another level. Jared Allen will have had to step up and play no, to another but level. You can, you There's can a lot of good there. things out of this. And it's not historically what happens, but we watched it happen just last year with the Heat, right? Jimmy Butler, Eric Spolstra. I mean, yeah, they had other players, obviously. You know, Bam Adebayo, guys like that. But, but like, Jimmy Butler, the, the big offseason chatter was, how do we get him a second guy that's just as good, if not better, than what Jimmy Butler is? And there was a reason for that. But you can, you can carry a team, and Donovan can carry a team, in this East to the Eastern Conference Finals, in my mind. I don't think the roadblocks exist the way that they existed three months ago. They're still there, but I don't think they exist the same way. What it's about a, it's the top, a good thing. It's a good thing for the Cavs. That's true. Two one six four seven four double ninety two. Yeah, I think it, I like this comparison. I like the comparison of the Detroit Lions. I think this all makes sense. And you did have at one point Dan Campbell, who was an embattled coach, and I know he's embattled again, but he was an embattled coach when they started off what one and six last year, and things weren't very good. And then you people were saying that you had JB coaching for his job in December in in Detroit. Yeah. Which it seems crazy right now, but that's what Not some people were saying. Not this last season. The year prior, obviously, is what you're referencing right there. Yes. I remember listening to Detroit Sports Talk Radio, and they're like, listen, Martha Ford doesn't fire people. If if Martha Ford fired people, he'd be fired, though. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, he probably, probably would be. Fair point. Coming up next, what did PFF actually say about David Njoku? And what's this guy got to say about Deshaun Watson? Sam Monson, he's the quarterback guru for PFF. He joins us next. Coming in hot. 
940 on the fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 